So I'm Suzanne, this is Peter, as you know, and we're from Sex Advice for Seniors. And how do you want to be referred to for the sake of this podcast? Let's just go with Kathy. Kathy. (laughs) Welcome, Kathy. (laughs) Great to meet you. And thank you so much. You are our first guest. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Well, we only just started this. so Yeah, we're only on the fourth, I think. uh, Something like that. Session now, so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, then I'm honored. I feel very privileged. Thank you. You should be. (laughs) (laughs) And you're my first discussing this particular topic ever. So this is a little bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. 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 So one of the questions, aside from what do you want to be called, how would you describe the oldest profession in the world? How do you like to be described? I refer to my way of thinking and viewing relationships more as negotiated relationships. Of course, to simplify things in the real world, they call them sugar babies or a courtesan is how I refer to myself. But I think sugar baby is very degrading, but it legally it is the way that they refer to these negotiated relationships because of the legalities of it. So I prefer negotiated relationships, which I think all relationships at this particular point in time in history should be negotiated. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. How is sugar baby a legal definition? What do you mean by that? Well, of course, sex for money is illegal. Yeah. Which is insane because... Of course, that is built from patriarchy because, of course, people don't want to admit that we're not living in the 1950s anymore and staying in these relationships. And that we're so it's just a ridiculous notion that we cannot negotiate women's economic value into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so to take emotional and relationships, sexual and reproductive labor and not give it economic terms is actually what limits women's ability to break through the glass ceiling, because, of course, we have to do it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So And so if I could do anything, it would be absolutely to do away with the notion that women's value doesn't have economic value or giving it economic value somehow diminishes what we have to offer. I suppose some people might counter that argument by saying that When in the 1950s, for example, when men went out and earned money and paid for the house and paid for this and paid for that, then their view of it was, well, you are staying at home, not earning. I am earning. And the trade off is that I will provide the money for the things that we need to keep going um, in return for you being able to do the things that are some that are at this moment, not things that are chargeable, if you like. Well, and, and that's, you know, a nice notion. I'm on the cusp of the Gen X and boomer generation. Technically, I'm a boomer, but just barely. Yeah. And so the, the whole idea that monogamy or those lifelong relationships protected women or were valuable for women is absolutely a misnomer because I got married at 18. I come from a state in the United States that is consistently number 50th in the nation for women's equality. And I grew up in a very patriarchal home. My mother worked. My dad was the stay-at-home dad because he was a disabled vet. 
So I had a 13-year monogamous relationship. I was single for eight years. Then I got into an open marriage for 12 years. Then I was single for three years. And then I became got into this negotiated relationship. So I've covered all the ground. Mm. And I have found that each relationship dynamic ultimately is not going to save women right. or save women economically. The only thing that, that saves women economically and men, because men have their own complaints. Patriarchy doesn't work for men either. They just gain economics. And yeah. so that's why I kind of feel like this is the one that works, because until we actually hit men economically, they're not going to be inspired to wake up. Mm. And so that old traditional value I've never experienced. I've been working since I was 12. I was always the hardest working one of any union I've ever been in. Men never worked as hard as me. And they certainly didn't ever step up in the emotional relationship, reproductive, child care, elderly care, or housework or anything. That was always on me. And I, as a feminist, I was always out to prove that I could outwork any man and that I had value. I didn't realize that I was playing into their game that is completely well, rigged. Yeah, that's what patriarchy is, though, isn't it? I mean, it absolutely is. Get all the benefits for none of the work or very yes. different work. And now, as a, a single adult dating men over 50, if you want to date a man that's successful, mm. he is really stuck because yeah. he's had no reason to absolutely look at you know how he was shortchanged by patriarchy. And so he thinks because he has money, looks, or power, all three, mm. that we should just trust him. And he's still voting for Trump. And so it to me, it's when I was started dating, that was the key question on every dating site. Did you vote for Hillary Clinton? And if you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, I'm not going to date you. You're never going to understand me. Yeah. But to find a successful man that is available, I mean, the numbers are, are never going to win. And I went through a year of intense therapy and inner work. And what I found out was how complicit my internalized misogyny was in the game. Yeah. And how often men and myself woke up to the fact that I was giving it away. I haven't been in a monogamous relationship since 1997. I had my first orgasm at 31. Yeah. You do not send a newly divorced single woman with just the new skills of a vibrator and her first orgasm out to the dating world without her saying, Hey, I'm a sexual woman. I'll, I'm not frigid. You won't, you know, and trying to prove that. And yeah. no, I'm going to raise my kids because I got divorced when my kids were five, four, five, and six. I can do this and stuff like that. So I was out to prove to men how liberated and how independent I was and never requiring anything. I mean, I was the golden child of men's lives. I was never the marriage type for them because I scared them. And I have said yes to so many experiences that I scared them. So I was never marriage material, but dating, oh my gosh, I was the big, huge find. So yeah. when I discovered that I was the problem and everybody was accusing me of being the problem as far as why did you do that? That was stupid. Why did you give your business to your husband? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? They were blaming me. Then I started to say, why am I doing that? 
Why am I giving all these resources away, making myself tired and bitter? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I really can relate to a lot of what you say about being a sexually liberated woman, because when I was much more sexually active than I am now, everybody just thought I was the biggest prize because there aren't that many of us around. (laughs) Right. Well, I was more happy to pay for my beer and my dinner. I had all kinds of resentment around it. Mm. But at the same time, being a feminist, they kind of put you in a position where if you're not willing to pay for your own beer or dinner, then you're not really a feminist. And then you owe them. And no one wants to have sex under an owed or an expected situation. I want to be there with enthusiastic consent. I was just not winning. And then on top of that, we get 67 to 71 cents on the dollar. Our social securities haven't been funded, blah, blah, blah. So it's just a ridiculous game for everybody, but specifically for the over 50 crowd. Yeah. So how do you square that circle between negotiated relationship and enthusiastic consent, as you've just said? I mean, well, if you're meeting my needs, I am enthusiastically consensual. (laughs) That's what I mean. I had to look at. I did an art project about my life. And I put a panel together to uncover this art project about creating an economic and relationship model that works for everyone. I started to ask myself, what do I need to be sexual with these men? Because I'm a sapiosexual, so I needed conversation. I needed someone that thought at least similar to my values and morals and politics. And I needed someone that could give a good massage and things. So my bar was pretty low. But at the same time, (laughs) there there was a lot of great sex happening. So then I decided, what do I need from a man to be sexual with him? If I have given up on finding a relationship that works for me because I'm too picky or whatever it is, what do I need to be enthusiastic? And what I need is to be seen. What I need is to be valued. What I need is for you, for men to pay their fair share. Yeah, I have done it. I have played the game as the game was presented. Mm. I have given all this away and I have ended up on the short end of the stick. So what do I need? Mm. I need to be seen. How does that look like? It looks like that you help pay for the grooming. These boobs alone cost $10,000. I've had them done a couple of times. You know, I mean, I get Botox every couple of months. I get the fillers. I had the eyelashes and the eyebrows and and the tattooed lips. I mean, I've paid for all this. I want you to pay for your fair share. I also want you to value me enough that you want to make sure that my children and my grandchildren, I can take them out for ice cream. I can take them out for dinner. I can take them to Disney on ice. I want that to be seen. I also want my 401k funded because all of my adventures have been very entrepreneurial and my exes have been having their their social securities funded. I haven't. And living together, you don't get any of that back. So my social, I need my 401k funded. And then basically, then I add on a little bit for reparations. Let's just say you've got a lot of free labor for me in your lifetime as a group collectively. I now want reparations. 
So that's how I feel good about showing up enthusiastically for sex. You pay a little bit more for the Botox. I'm even more enthusiastic. I mean, I, it really is about being, and then, you know, personally, how does a person show up sexually if they're tired all the time from working and childcare, either as a mother or a grandmother? How do we show up sexually if we're exhausted and in fear all the time that we can't even meet our basic needs? So you see me and you take all that away Mm. and you make me feel comfortable. I feel seen. And that's why this whole idea that men that don't pay are the good guys Mm -hmm. and that men that pay are the bad guys is absolutely stupid. (laughs) I mean, in the dating scene, I mean, you get all these dick pics and men expecting sex before you even got coffee from them. And that's supposed to be legit. But a man coming and leaving my Botox bill money on the counter, that's wrong. That is so backwards to me. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided that I love sex. I enjoy sex. As mm-hmm. I get older, I'm turning 59 this month. Mm-hmm. As I get older, it is very healthy and wonderful. And I tell you, the more sex I've had, the less medications I've had to be on. I'm off of sleeping pills and (laughs) antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and all that. So I'm saying it's healthy and it's wonderful. And I don't need a man to be perfect to have sex with me. Mm. I just need him to see me what I offer. Yeah, sure. So these men that you meet, how did you find them? I mean, because let's face it, Most older men that I've seen on dating sites or just generally looking to pay for sex, typically I'm being, you know, presumptuous here, but I suspect that they are people looking for younger women with perfect bodies so that they can fulfill some visual ideal that they've got around their own desirability as an older man. After I did the art show, And I'd showed up with the monogamous marriage, the open marriage, all these different things. What I discovered from that art show was that I didn't understand how, because I knew sex work was not on my radar at all. I mean, I come like I come from a very traditional, that's like antithetical to what I believed in. You got, you can't use men and blah, blah, blah. But as I was sitting there one day thinking about it and sex work had now come into my consciousness Then it was like, okay, there's some other questions I have. One, do men only like younger women? Now, my last Mm. husband was 19 years older than me. I was the mature one of the bunch. My first husband was a year older than me. I have been traditionally liked mature men. Mm. Huge daddy issues. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The entire (laughs) United States has daddy issues. I'm not the only one. I mean, that's why our our desire for old men to lead us all the time is all the (laughs) daddy issues that we have. And so I was like, do men only want younger women? And there was an article going around at the time, are older women invisible? (laughs) And are men willing to pay their part? So that was the three questions I went into this to discover. Right. And what I have discovered is that the men on sugar baby sites or arrangement sites are the same men in the dating world. They have either given up on the dating world because they're not getting their needs met or they're not getting the return they are on money. 
So right. they're taking women out, taking women out. And then there's this, like, are they going to give me sex on the third date? And there's all this blah, yeah. blah, blah. So the men are the exact same men at this particular time. They just want their sexual needs met and they're not getting them met on traditional sites. As far as younger men want women that they can gaslight into believing what that comes out of their mouth. And I don't say that as disrespectfully towards men, but men over 50 have been given this idea of what they deserve in life if they go to work every day. Mm, mm. And so they have this dialogue in their head that women are emotional, women are crazy, women don't make sense, women aren't sexual, and all these different... What do women want as Freud? Exactly. How do I get her in bed? I will say whatever it is, please just make my... Yeah. Feel good. So basically what I have found is that men are extremely diverse. And yes, there are men that want and need much more naive and younger women, but there's a lot of older women that way too. Most men that I experience and I have is that men want someone that they feel comfortable with. Their equipment isn't working. Their bodies are a mess. They want to talk about their grandchildren. They love that I'm the older. That's the attraction. They want their peer. But in the dating world, they need to go with the woman that's actually going to believe them. Most of us older women hear them and roll our eyes and think, yeah, right. Oh, you yeah. Know? We go or we want proof. We want their actions to meet their thing. So my age has not been a problem at all. Yeah, at yeah. all. And in fact, that's why they're attracted to me. And especially now that reproductive rights are taken away, you know, that even makes me more attractive. You yeah, know? yeah, sure. And so age isn't a thing other than men want to get away with being able to tell women one thing, even when their actions don't match up. Yeah. So it's not about age, it's about what they can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. As far as being invisible, I can be invisible if I want to. I don't have to be invisible. And so, and as far as men are very willing to pay their part, if they know what that looks like, they need to have it spelled out for them. That's why the three date rule, you know, I'm going to give a woman three dates and she better put out because they understand contract, they understand negotiation. So they've Mm -hmm. made a negotiation, but they're not talking to each other. So men are willing to pay their part. They just want to know what that means. So women have got to get very clear about what they need to be able to show up for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because years ago I went on a sugar daddy website because funnily enough, you know, I thought to myself in my head when I was going through lots of online dating sites and wasn't really getting anywhere and just, you know, was finding all the usual nonsense that goes on. And I did meet this guy and really all he want, I didn't end up sleeping with him, but all I want, he wanted to do was take women out to lunch. That's exactly. it. No, that's all I he have, wanted to do. He just wanted somebody. And he said to me, look, I like Coke too much. My dick doesn't really work very well anymore because I like Coke, Coke, right? And I like sex. So I could see this one wasn't going to work very much. You know, you like Coke. I don't like Coke. You 
like you are not really into sex. I am. So that's not really going to work. And then he said, but honestly, mostly on this site, I just like meeting attractive young women that I can take for lunch. And I know that sometimes the conversation is going to be fairly dull and predictable and boring, but I just want some little nice eye candy that I can look at. And I suspect he didn't sleep with any of these girls, to be Mm -hmm. honest. No, there's a lot of men like that on there. There's a lot of men. And so, but for me, and I'm all about talk. So I don't go out on many of those dates because I won't vary on my, what I need to show up for a date. Yeah. So generally I, that outprices me on just those dinner dates, but yeah, no, I, I get that. all. That's the thing. You get all types. I mean, when you get into the over 50 crowd, you have men that have all kinds of issues and problems performance wise and everything. And so many of them think that they're these amazing lovers because their wife did whatever, but then they get out in the real world and they're not. And or they have developed a lot of little kinks or ways of showing up that are personally, if I was not getting paid, you want me to do that with enthusiasm and on a consistent basis? I don't think so. So, so many men over 50 are gravitating towards these these negotiated sides and they're wanting to be able to negotiate and get their needs met. And so I'm a huge fan. Are you open with them about how many negotiated relationships are you in? That's a really difficult question because I have relationships. I mean, I started this back in 2018. Yeah. And so I have relationships that started way back then. I might see them once every six months. Yeah. I might see them once every two weeks. It really, I don't form the relationship based on. I only have one that's really consistent. I have one that it's every two weeks and then we meet sometimes in between, but one every two weeks, but the rest are very sporadic and inconsistent. And that's how I like it. I have been out of a monogamous relationship so long. I don't know how people stay in sexual relationships for a long time without Mm. both people really being committed. And I don't see people being that committed. So I don't ask for anything regular. So that's a very hard question because I'm people are falling, men are falling away and stepping in. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Different times. Yeah. And I love that. I love the conversations. I love the novelty of it. Yeah. I think that's why we started this series of podcasts, because we wanted to sort of find out what people feel about the relationships they're in. And I think quite a lot of people are not in relationships they would like to be in, that ideally they'd like to be in. Well, I think most of that reason is because people aren't clear themselves yeah. about what they want exactly. or they're not honest about it to yeah. the other person. There's all these unsaid agreements right. or exactly. assumptions. When my last husband asked me to be in an open relationship because I had been in open, unknown just because I had not been monogamous and I'd been sleeping with quite a few men, I was living this polyamorous lifestyle without having a word for it. And he asked me to be in this open marriage. Of course, what I thought was 
what he was asking and what he was asking was two completely different things. And five years later, you wake up and you go, oh, my gosh, I've given away the bank here. Literally, I gave away business and blah, blah, blah. And we're talking about two different things. And so to me, you got to negotiate as if you're getting a divorce and you've got to renegotiate consistently throughout the marriage or throughout the relationship. Sure. Yeah. And I think as we are in this aging society where if we remain healthy, we could live to to a hundred, some of us, right? Please don't say that. (laughs) No, no. I have no desire to live past 80. But I know that's young, but it feels like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. We're still fighting for reproductive rights. You've exhausted me. (laughs) Tell me about it. But it means that either if we're going to be committed to one person, we have to constantly be renegotiating, as you say, Mm. because it's just not tenable to think that the person that you met when you were 18, for instance, is going to be the same person that you're with when you're 50. And, you know, one of the things I know from being very sexually voracious during my 40s was that the more I opened up to men about my desires and the more I found out about their desires, the more freaky I realized they were. And the more they were, or you they, were. well, I was always freaky, but I knew <laughs> that, but I didn't know how freaky they were. Yeah, yeah. And they freaked me out a bit more probably than I freaked them out yeah, because yeah. It, like what you said, when you're with somebody and they ask you to do something and you think I can turn up enthusiastically for that once or twice, but any more than that. And yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not very enthusiastic anymore. I have to tell you, because there's nothing in it for me with this one. Yeah. And, um, but my observation during that period of time was, well, you're clearly coming to me because you're not getting what you want within the relationship that you probably have. And most of these guys, let's face it, are probably in some other relationship. Maybe they're not. But a lot of the people I met, I knew that they were being duplicitous and I knew that they were going and seeking it out somewhere else. So because they weren't getting it at home. And I thought that kind of summed for me up what I understood about men was that they didn't have a language around intimacy that they were confident about. And Mm -hmm. so often it was with people like yourself, like me, that they felt like, oh, I'm with somebody that could be open. I always hate to think of that the reason that men cheat or the reason that men or women desire an open relationship is that they have an unsatisfying sex life at home. I had wonderful sex with my last husband, wow. and but he was insatiable. He was a slut, and that's his word for it, and he was a complete slut. I was really basically happy being somewhat monogamous and towards, but then at some point I was like, this is creating an imbalance in our relationship, him seeing all these other women and me being dedicated to him. So that's when I started to open up my mind to other men and It was, to me, what I learned from that experience was how women show up with a list of requirements to be intimate with a man. And my list was really like diminishing the men that I was available to be with. And so what I find is that I just kind of, these long-term, I'm all about keeping the family intact because 
generational wealth is only built in monogamy type or relationships where you're in a committed long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And I have grandkids, I have kids, I wanted nothing more for them than having a lifetime relationship. And I thought that open marriage was going to be the one that did it. That's why I admire Will and Jada Smith so much. They're being able to stay together at, at the same time they're having this open relationship. Yes, so right. I don't think it's necessarily anything wrong with the relationship to want pillow talk with another person. I look at my parents. They had a 50-year marriage. They were happy. They were totally smitten in love. But my mom sold out. You know, my dad was the patriarch. My mom was the one that... So I, to me, it's not about the marriage being bad or wrong or the man not getting his needs met because most likely he hasn't met her needs. You know, there's miscommunications. You've stuffed so many agreements. You've come to a peace. You start treating each other like a brother and sister. So I don't think it's necessarily because the relationship isn't functioning. I think it's because in patriarchy, in this society that we have, we have really some systemic issues that are anti-family, anti-people, mm -hmm. and they're not functioning. I'm a big one on the 30-hour work week. If we want both people to function sexually mm -hmm. and as parents mm -hmm. and as grandparents, how can we work 40 to 70 hours a week, clean the house ourselves, cook all the meals, go to the gym, have a spiritual center, do artwork? I mean, how can we do it? It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think we need to like, I'm kind of like pushing back at men and saying, economically, I'm going to push back at you until you decide the patriarchy isn't working for you. And we come up with a system that works for families yeah. and doesn't leave women financially on the short end of the stick at the end of the game. Yeah. That if we want to save femininity, if we want women to stay in their feminine, because that's, I mean, I always joke about that before I did this, I was so deep in my masculine that my cock hung down to my knees. We've had to step into our masculine to survive. Yeah, so yeah. if we want femininity to survive, then we need some support from either society or the men in our life. And, you know, and if men aren't going to be able to show up long-term because they keep on thinking, well, that's not my job. I wasn't married or they're not my kids. Everybody, I mean, when I had five lovers at one time when I was dating, could I get my tree trimmed? No, that wasn't their <laughs> job. You know, could I get help with the, the leaky sink? No, that's not my job. So I'm saying that all the guys are saying, it's not my job. And I'm saying, if you want women to be sexual human beings, it yeah. is your job and you've got to vote 